right, welcome back to watching movies with my mom. And uh, we were having a little microphone trouble, and you were talking about one time. Well, first of all, I'm Brandon Hardesty. I'm here, actor, video maker. I'm here with my mom, Susan. And I'm Brandon's mom. Hi. Um, Hi, Brandon. We were talking about one time there was a guy back in my YouTube days. There was a guy that came over to interview me, and uh, you are very shy. And you don't want your voice heard or image seen by anybody in the world, really, which is why I'm... I certainly did not want to be put on YouTube. Yeah, so... And he wouldn't take no for an answer. He wired me up and asked me questions. And when, and I hope no one ever goes looking for this video. <laughs> of course, now everyone will. That guy, that guy sucked because he, would inter- he interviewed me and I was answering honestly, like being myself. And he's like, All right, I'm going to stop for a minute. Do you think you could... Just be a little more animated. Just have fun with it. Like, you know, just just be be a little more peppy, you know, yeah. and give me a little more energy. And then I gave him more energy. And because I did that, I wasn't myself. And I said, like, some dumb shit. Well, I said some really dumb shit because <laughs> I was babysitting Simon. And he said, come here. You have to wire. And he just kept wiring me up. And then he asked me questions. And, and, and I... And I'm such an introvert that in the video you can see I can't even move my mouth. You're I'm so terrified. You're, you were. I remember he interviewed you in this real awkward angle. You were like next to the sink. Yes. Like, <laughs> just standing. And my up. mouth doesn't move, and you can see that I'm terrified. And I, I kept saying to him, "I don't want to do this." We felt like we were like <laughs> conversationally assaulted. <laughs> I definitely. You know what I mean? Like he was very persuasive, and he's like, "Come on, come on, come right. on." He, he was wouldn't pretty. Say no. He was pretty aggressive he, with, "Oh, come on, you're going to do this," and I was saying, "I'm the wrong person to do this." Yeah, no, that was really. And, I hate that guy. And I couldn't come up with, even though I knew all the answers to all the questions, I couldn't come up with them, and I couldn't move, and my mouth was frozen, and I just wanted him to go away. <laughs> If his job as a journalist was to just make people as uncomfortable as possible for their interviews, then he did a fantastic job. Well, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about hereditary. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. I got you to watch... What is described by a lot of people as like one of the scariest movies made recently. It's like part of this new generation of just this high concept horror. It replaced, for me, it replaced The Sixth Sense as like the scariest movie I'd ever seen. Although <laughs> you and I watched The Sixth Sense when I was 12 years old. Yeah, well, I was a bad mother that way. I no, took you no. to the movies. <laughs> I had a great time. You and I went to the movies. We saw The Sixth Sense in theaters. I remember being so... Um, relieved when it was daytime again in the movie because i was like all right nothing can happen in the daytime i was terrified but i liked being terrified you did that and that you you really liked being scared of things well there was another thing about it that was enjoyable was that you didn't see the end of the sixth sense coming i did not see the end of the sixth sense coming and you pride yourself on this is something i want to get into yeah. a little bit later you sort of pride yourself on trying to guess the it, ending the twists and the turns and there was the moment, <laughs> I still remember, you and I, uh, you were to my right, and there was this this older black woman to my left. And the moment in the movie when Bruce Willis is like talking to his wife, and she's asleep, and she drops the wedding ring. Yeah. I hear the woman next to me go, oh, Lord, he did. 
And then it all dawned on us that Bruce when, Willis when was she, dead. When she paid the check after talking to herself on their anniversary, I, I thought, uh-oh, something seems amiss here. Uh-huh. But I, even then, I wasn't sure until the wedding ring rolled. That was wild. No, yeah. no, that was a fun experience. But no, this was like, I, I watched this with Shana, and we really, we, we you know, we bought every part of it, hook, hook, line, and sinker. We just loved it, and it was terrified. The whole finale terrified me when I first watched it. And um, I was kind of worried for you as we were watching it. I, I think I paused it at one point. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah, you said, are you okay? And I went, yeah, I kind of see where this is going. <laughs> Oh, but you didn't. All right, we'll get into that. You kind of saw it, but you were guessing at the very end. But it didn't terrify me because, you know, I don't do horror. But I was not afraid throughout the entire movie. See, this is really interesting to me. So I was sure that this would be so creepy that you would really want to turn it off. But you are totally fine. Yeah. So what is it that scares you in a movie or even a book, because I remember you said you read The Exorcist when oh. it came out. Oh, I read when I was so young. That terrified me. I slept with the light on in the bedroom for <laughs> like a year. I think, I think I was 17 or 18. So um, what, there's a certain kind of niche of horror. You, you've touched on Stephen King in the past with certain, like Pet Cemetery and It, like those things. Well, it, I've never watched. I've never watched. You've um, never watched the miniseries? It? No, no, I would never watch anything like yeah, that. No, we're not going to watch that. I'm every nightmare you ever had. I am your worst dream come true. I'm everything you ever were afraid of. So that would scare you more than the I just the, the don't mystic. like them. I, I, I don't see the point to them. I don't think they're clever or smart. Interesting. And the scary part doesn't get you anywhere it doesn't like at least this one okay you got to the end and he became the host and that made sense but the other stuff is just those slasher things and that. well the thing about well i the, the slasher stuff like halloween and friday the 13th that's just for mindless well and i didn't like that hotel thing with jack nicholson hotel. oh the, the shining. shining yeah and the shining is that's kind of its own beast but like I love the Fallen. Fallen, right. I, I, Denzel I, Washington, where there was a demon that was passing itself through touch. Yes. Through, I, I, I do love that movie. You introduced it to me. and it's I like, love The Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate, um, yeah. I like Skeleton Key. I thought Skeleton Key was um, a better m- movie about something taking a host body. So you, you thought the skeleton key, well, you also were scared more by the skeleton key, which yeah. by the way, starring Kate Hudson and Peter Sarsgaard, a hospice nurse working at a spooky New Orleans plantation home finds herself entangled in a mystery involving the house's dark past. So spoiler alert, there's like a whole plot to uh, what the, these relative, these, these ancestors, they've, they, their goal is to implant themselves into a younger host well, body were, to continue they were to live. Sla- they were slaves that were hung. Right. And while they were being hung, they took the bodies of their plantation owners. Mm-hmm. And then every so many years, they had to find new bodies. <laughs> and so they, they, they lured her. But there was a... So you, you told me that that was the scare. You said to me, it, well, I watched Brandon, it. that's the scariest movie I've ever seen. And I went home and I watched it. And it I I, maybe it's just because I've watched a lot of horror movies. Yeah. I'm like, eh. Just, just her having no way out at the end. Mm-hmm. It, 
And it led you to believe that she had found a way. She figured out what was going on, and she was going to get out of this mess. And mm-hmm. then she didn't. And then she became the host of whatever, one of the slaves. Yes. And, and, and she kept... She got trapped in the older woman's body. She got trapped in the older woman's body, like the guy she found who was trapped in Mm -hmm. the older man's body. And like him, she was trying to tell people what had happened. All right. So this we're we're digging a little deeper here. Uh, What is it that scared you about that? What is because she knew what was going on? She knew she was trapped, and there was and there was no way out for her. Much like Denzel Washington in the Falling. Mm. trying to figure out a way how to get rid of that whereas this one you know the kid just loses his he dies he loses his soul and the demon takes the host body and hey bored you are payman one of the eight kings of hell we have looked to the northwest and called you in. We've corrected your first female body and give you now this healthy male host. <laughs> See, I love... Well, all right, all right. Hold on. All right, well, let's get into... Hold on a second. I, I got some notes here. Okay, good, because... <laughs> so, hereditary. Okay. High concept horror. It's not a dumb slasher. It's, it's about... Um, it's about grief. So I, I looked up some interviews with the writer-director, Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on these. Hold on. Um, he didn't ask me anything on uh, Reddit. Uh, and he also did this Vanity Fair interview. So he said, So I wanted to make a film about suffering that took suffering seriously. I knew that I really wanted to make a film about the corrosive effects of trauma on a family unit. I knew that I wanted to make a film that had sort of an Ouroboros quality about a family that's basically mm-hmm. eating itself in its grief. It's a story that I certainly had in me. I didn't really have to find it. Um, and he goes, I, uh, da, 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 da. ultimately I did want to make a film that was seriously tackling these issues and operating almost as a meditation on these things while at the same time functioning as an exciting genre film that hopefully delivers. What's funny about it, especially in the horror genre is that you can aim to make a satisfying one but you're always drawing a line in the sand. Like, okay, am I only working on the level of the allegorical or am I giving into the genre in maybe a broader sense and going for a different kind of catharsis? So it's like he was trying to walk that line between making a good horror movie but have it be about something. Um, something deeper. Something deeper. And that's something, as you were watching it, you were really appreciating that. Like, I think you said something like, this didn't feel like a horror film. It felt like a... Like a thriller, mystery, yes, interpersonal more drama. of a psychological thriller and not a horror film to me. This is so, I'm like blindsided by your reaction to this movie. Because like I also, uh, I'm going to get my phone out for this. I, I, there's a scene in this movie and by now, if you've already, you know, if you haven't watched the movie, go watch it because we're spoiling things. Um, there's a scene in the movie that is a really shocking moment when Peter is driving his little sister and she's she has her head out the window. She's choking on this. She has a peanut allergy and she's struggling to breathe. So when I knew that moment was coming, I wanted to record and see what your reaction was. Cause when I watched, <laughs> when I watched with my friend, Tony, his reaction was fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it was such like a, 
Like we, we shared that moment of like, I knew it was coming. I'm sorry. And I was, Clearly I disappointed you. I, I knew that moment was coming. I was watching him for a reaction. So the same thing was coming and I was watching you for reaction. So I'm just going to play it and I'll play it on, um, I'll edit this in, but we're going to listen to it on my phone for us. Okay. Her head's out the window. <laughs> Struggling to breathe. Deer on the road. There's the impact. Well, that wasn't very good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, dis- no. I disappointed That's- you. <laughs> Hold on. That's even better than a big reaction. Is you just that- looked at me like with Is your- that the only thing I said? Yeah, you just said... Well, that wasn't very good. With your hand on your mouth, like, oh, wow. <laughs> it was so... I was so sh- surprised at every reaction you had to this movie. Um, and that one, like, the most shocking moment. That's all you had to say. And then during the whole finale, the whole terrifying finale where... She the floats into just, the... The playhouse? Yeah, where she floats. Yeah, chasing Peter, terrifying him, his body getting taken over. Burns the, fa- burns the father up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, the father gets burned up because Tony Collette tried to burn the book. Well, that's the, the god doing that. That's He did that to spite her. Yes. Yeah, because he's the god of mischief. Yes. Uh-huh. They, they did a lot. We'll get into that just, just a little bit. I don't want to get... Yeah. Too lost in the weeds with like details because people have already talked about it. But I do really appreciate how much they kept to the lore of mm-hmm. whatever demon. I, I did that... appreciate that. I did appreciate that. Yeah. Like there was this. Um... Hold on one second. Let me just find this. Yeah. Payman first appeared uh, in the anonymously written grimoire. <laughs> I love that term. Yeah, I do too. Called Lesser Key of Solomon, where he's called a great king, one of Lucifer's most obedient devotees, and a master of art and science. He's nine of hell, one one of nine hell kings, correct? Yeah, but in the movie they made it eight, so they could do north, west, south, east, uh, northwest, southwest, okay. whatever. All these, there's something that I, when I watched it, I always appreciated on another level when I would look up things about it. Like everything was so thought out, mm-hmm. everything had a purpose. Like, it wasn't just... Yeah, I did look up stuff, too. Like, you know, there there are parts in it there that you might think, oh, that's just, you know, what, she's floating around. Oh, they're just that's just being creepy for no reason. Because there are movies that do that. But it was actually all rooted in the mythology well, of the Well, that demon. was one of his powers. Back to what scares you. Because I was, I was so sure that this would really scare you and kind of scar you and I would feel bad. But what scares you in a story? Hmm. You should have let, give me homework for this one. Well, no, it's just like how you feel. Is it the... I did not like that movie where there were copies of the people. <laughs> Multiplicity with Michael Keaton? No, no, That's no, a no, great no. movie. That's fun. Oh, they... She touched my peppy, Steve. This is Us? Oh, no, Us by us. Jordan Peele. So that was a creepy one for you? Yeah, I didn't like that because that little girl lost her whole life while she was buried underground when the other horrible... <laughs> doppelganger lived her life yeah i didn't like that so it sounds like claustrophobia might be a big 
thing oh, for you. Yeah, I hate claustrophobia. I won't watch anything where anybody's buried anywhere. Yeah, have you ever seen Buried? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> the, whole, the whole movie is, uh, <laughs> what's his name? The guy who plays Deadpool. I don't know why oh, I can't. Ryan. Ryan Reynolds. The whole movie is him in a coffin. Buried, oh, no, buried I would never, never watch that. Never. <laughs> and I, I, I don't like the ones where they're stranded in space by themselves and they may never get home. Interesting. Like what? Like uh, t- 2001 Space Odyssey? I've never or... watched that. Well, there's there's parts of it like that, but it goes goes somewhere else. But what are you thinking of? Um, The one that everybody liked. Uh, Interstellar? Was stranded. No, I liked Interstellar. Um, the guy that was stranded on Mars by himself. And he might oh, The Martian. Home. Yeah. Fuck that movie. I didn't watch that movie. Well, it's not even... <laughs> you know, it won a Golden Globe for Best Comedy. Really? Yeah, they have. It was, they put it in the musical comedy category. I hate that movie. I really do. Well, I and I like Matt Damon. It. All right, so people lost, helpless, I think, claustrophobic. I, I think I like the fantasy element of things. Things that I think probably can't happen. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, because we started talking about this a little bit, where you and I share a belief that... If we were to ever screw around with the Ouija board, that's a bad idea. I would never do that because that whole thing scares me. Well, didn't you tell you you told me once that you you tried a Ouija board once when you were younger? Take me back. How old were you? What were you doing? Where were you? Where oh, were you in your life? Probably thirteen with my best friend Lynn. My mother gave us a Ouija board, <laughs> and we tried to fool with it, and it scared me. And we took it and we put it in the garbage can. Do you remember what happened? I do not. But whatever what? happened scared did us. Did you ever? Did you? You didn't contact anybody? Oh, I hope not. I hope I didn't drag anything back with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do believe pulling around with the occult is weird for me. Yeah. I've told Shana, I was like, I don't don't want Ouija boards in our house. Yeah, I don't want any part of that. As far as ghosts, what do you think about ghosts? I think that if... Well, I think if you see a ghost, I'm not, I I, I think I believe that spirits still hang around, but Mm. I'm not so sure they're our family. I think they might be kind of bad spirits that pretend to be our family. Yeah. And that's kind of something that some horror, some horror movies play around with. Yeah. Um, there's one called Paranormal Activity. You ever seen that? No, I don't like to watch those kind of things. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, anything where there's a demon involved, I'll I'll get more scared of that than, than other things. Like like The Exorcist weirds me out. The you Exorcist know, I, weirded me. <laughs> I just rewatched that the other day. And actually. yet, I like the series Evil on Paramount. So what's Evil? Um, it's a... It's like... A scientist, priest, and I believe she's a psychologist. And if they get called in on cases where they think there might be a demon involved. Okay. And they spend their time debunking what's actually going on. Okay. I know you've recommended this series to me a few times. So, interesting. Hereditary didn't really do much for you. It did not. At the time, it seemed like you were really enjoying it, but then you've taken. We watched it about two days ago, so yeah. you've had time to digest it. And I, I mean, I watched it. It was entertaining, but mm-hmm. it didn't. 
um, <clears throat> it didn't stay with me. Okay. Like fallen stayed with me for days. In in like a creepy way, like, like you in know, a trying to figure out. Well, did Denzel Washington? Did he get rid of the demon? And if he didn't, how would I do it? Yeah, it left me thinking. I guess this one just left me. Oh, all right, the the, the <laughs> God got a host body. He'll go on. The cult will continue. They'll just do it to somebody else. Uh, move on. I like that there was no redemption. It was yeah, just, they, he won. It was like they were just bad people. Yeah. Was there any part of it that creeped you out? Like the what was the creepiest part for you? Because I got one. The guy standing next to the coffin at the funeral. Yes, the funeral guy. Yeah, so, staring at the little girl. When, um, and I'm sure fans of the movie know this. At the beginning of the movie, this <laughs> when I first watched it with Shana. You know, Millie Shapiro playing the playing the little girl. She goes up to her mother's coffin, and then she just looks over, and there's just this. This guy who looks like uh, Anthony Michael Hall, I guess, when he's older, <laughs> gelled you, you hair. You just knew he was bad. And he just like And smiled. he was there for a purpose. And then the grandmother had the necklace around her in the coffin and uh, Annie had the same had the same necklace. And that kind of gave that kind of set you up for like, all right, this guy's involved. Mm-hmm. Something awful's happening. What was kind of brilliant is that you totally forgot about that guy. I never forgot about that guy. Oh, well, I did. He I, was, I was creepy. Well, he was creepy, but... I, with yeah, the, I, knew he, I knew he was coming had, back. Wait, what are you telling You had him in the back of your mind the entire movie? It's you like, thought about him? I thought he was key to what was going to happen. Well, yeah, but you saw him, and then for the next hour and 40 minutes, you kept him in the back of your mind? Or did you actually forget about him? Like, I think you actually did. <laughs> I, when, yeah. As the events of the film unfold, but I was—I guess what I meant was I wasn't surprised to see him turn up at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he showed up and he was just letting it hang out. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. Yeah, that was good. So the first time I watched it, the whole finale was what did it for me. But this time, Anne Dowd screaming from the street at Peter. Yes. And just—he's the only one that can see her, and she's just saying. Satany! Dagony! A paragon! Peter! Get out! She's trying to she's trying to put the put the yeah. god into him. She's, yeah. Yeah. And she's like doing the invocation spell. Saying, get out! That was that unnerved me the most this time around. And did you read that? Um, the God, what was his name? The writer director? No, no, no. The God. That, oh, uh, Payman? Yes. That one of the things he carries around is a staff with a hand that is up, bent. Oh, that, and then so. And that when, when the, when the boy Peter put his hand up, he bent his hand that way. Oh, that that's was so Payman cool. trying to get in. That's that wild. Was, yeah. That's really cool. And that just speaks to how meticulous the whole. The whole thing was. I, that's something I really appreciate, especially when I watch something like The Shining, because Kubrick was, he would do 40 takes of Scatman Crothers just walking to a door, because he had to get it just right, frame it just right. There was like a record-breaking number of takes of coverage that he did of a scene. And um, yeah, I just really liked how planned everything was. The more I read about Ari Aster and the way he made this movie... He had every shot planned out. He knew exactly what the story was. And he kept putting clues in for people that were paying attention to follow where he was going. Yeah. Um, Something I thought was a little funny. This is a little trivia here. 
one of the trailers for Hereditary was accidentally shown at the beginning of the PG-rated family-friendly film Peter Rabbit in <laughs> Inalu, Western Australia. It caused How'd that a go over. <laughs> It caused a small panic in the theater with parents fleeing the cinema with their kids. What part of the trailer was it? <laughs> I mean... Let's hope it wasn't Charlie in the telephone pole. Well, no, because they, they hid that from the trailer because it was a big revealing moment. But yeah. in the trailer, there's, you know, uh, Gabrielle Byrne being set on fire. <laughs> you know, there's the Peter with his head hitting the desk and screaming. Ah! Mm-hmm. You know, it's a terrifying... I guess that wasn't good. Yeah. Right? Uh, the theater eventually shut the screen off and offered every audience member a complimentary movie pass. Mm-hmm. And on, an van. Yeah, here's a movie pass and an van to apologize for the mistake. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> All bad. Um, another little thing, production designer. Um, the production designer wanted to play with the idea of sacred geometry. So there's the triangle. The triangle. Annie, Peter, Charlie. And the square introduces... Steve's character, the father, home, groundedness, and the circle, infinite, genesis, like the grandmother, and all of these different shapes were embedded within the design of the set because they built the whole set. They built every room, you know, so they could manipulate the walls and make it look like a miniature house. You know, so it's really cool. And I read that part of his thing where the miniature house was all about how they really didn't have control over everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and that was even in the beginning when in in Peter's class, like they're talking about some ancient. It was, might be, might have been a Greek myth, or it might have been Shakespeare, but whatever characters there were in the story that the teacher was talking about. Talking about Hercules. Oh, Hercules. Okay, so they were. Uh, yes, Peter. What do you think? And he wasn't listening. So then the girl that he likes, she was like, "Well, it's like the characters are just doomed, and there's like nothing they can do, and they don't realize that they're just puppets of this grand p- plan." And that seemed to be the point of the the dollhouses, especially yeah. the opening scene, which takes you into their real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. So there was another thing. Yeah, I wanted to talk about you trying to guess the ending to things. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, no, no. It didn't. It doesn't bother me anymore. But when I was a teenager and I would want to show you things, I would get really mad irrationally. I should have been a better mother. No. <laughs> I don't know. I think other people might have worse issues than, than this. Me getting mad at you guessing the ends of movies I show you. I remember one time, I was like, Mom, I watched the most amazing show. I'm so sorry. It was called Night Visions. <laughs> it was a short-lived Twilight Zone-esque anthology series. It might have been on Fox. And I taped it. I would tape stuff all the time oh, on VHS. Oh, you did. Yes, you did. And I was like, you got to see this. And there were two episodes. One... I think it was Bill Pullman and he was he was in the army and they discovered this weird bubble in the middle of the desert and uh, it, it was like a force field and you looked into the bubble and it was like this idyllic farmhouse setting and they found out that the force field goes down every 10 seconds and you were like, oh, they're vampires or something. And then like they were because Bill Pullman wanted a family because his family died in some tragic dumb shit and then he ran into the bubble and they were so happy and then they just ate him <laughs> and i was like all right well fine you can watch the, we'll watch this next one i'm so sorry and then the next one was was carrie elwes and he was uh just a stressed out guy wanted to go on a you know a little retreat for a week and get away from the the noise of the city you know and then um 
there was a serial killer running around and it was stressed that was stressing him out too and then you were like oh he's the killer <laughs> and then i th- i don't know if we even finished watching it but i was like i think i said something along the lines well i don't even want to finish watching it now and you're like what and then we got into like an argument and then and then you like stomped upstairs you're like well great i had a lot of fun <laughs> a bad mother it was not a bad mother situation it was it was being a shitty teenager <laughs> and i should I have know. been more sensitive well no there was something no it's good to nip that stuff yeah, in the bud I, th- because I think i think you know how some people like puzzles yeah i think when i'm watching something it and the light goes off in my spidey sense i'm like oh I, I just love that i've solved the puzzle before anybody else i'm a, it was obnoxious i'm sorry no no but there was also a part of me that lasted for a while that if I showed somebody a movie that I really loved and they didn't like it, I would take it personally. Like they didn't. I remember this. I would share. It's like me sharing something with you about myself and you saying, ah, I don't like that. And I would take it personally like, oh, you don't like me. Well, but of course you would because you're, if, when you're share, when you share something like that, you're, you're being a little bit vulnerable. You, want, you don't want somebody to say, I don't like it. You'd much rather have some input. Well, but but it but it, it it really affected me later in life because I would show Shana things and then uh, and she wouldn't like something and we get into a fight. It was just irrational. I'd show her like Dark City. I'm like, you gotta watch Dark oh, City. Oh, I love Dark City. And she's like, eh, can we just turn it off? I'm like, oh. I, you have to finish it. You finish it. You have to. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that, but I would get angry if she wanted, didn't want to finish a movie. I was like. And she's like, I'm already giving it a chance. I was like, we can watch it so you know how to feel about it. At least if I loan people books, I can say if they never read it, I never have to hear that they didn't like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've gotten over this now, by yeah. the way. Like if somebody doesn't like something, I don't take it personally. Yeah. But for some reason, I had that. And that, that mixed in a little bit with you guessing something, the, the ending to something I showed you. Because then it was almost like, what I showed you was so stupid oh. that you. We, we've now moved into therapy. Is this therapy now? <laughs> Maybe this should be more of a private conversation. No, it's not. I, I don't. I'm just thinking off the top of my head now because, like, I think it was like, I think it would make me feel stupid because, because you've just read so many stories, so you've solved so many mysteries, and I would think. Uh, well, I guess the thing I showed you was, oh, that was easy to figure out. Well, I guess I'm susceptible to things that are easy to figure out that makes me stupid, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking this out out loud here. <laughs> that was poor mothering to it a teenager. It was not poor mothering. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, should, I should have just watched it with you and let, you know. No, but you thought you, you were having fun watching I was it. having fun with you, yeah. Yeah, don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm not I don't feel to, bad. Uh, you feel a little bad. A little bad. You've said I'm a bad mother like 500 <laughs> times. So, <laughs> well, anyway, the, so the skeleton key. That's the most frightening movie you've ever seen. <laughs> I do. I do think I would have to go with that. Yeah. So it's just. It's so it's down to claustrophobia. Mix some demons in there. I, I think the I feeling think of helplessness. When you know there's no escape, 
Oh, man. I just. I think that's what that one and Fallen, mm-hmm. um, Devil's Advocate, that, that when you realize at the end there is no escape and you know what's coming. The way you describe it, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. That sounds like there's no escape. You know what's coming. But it's all a psychological thing. It's, yeah. it's not a slasher movie where you know you're backed into the barn and all your friends have left you and your head's going to get chopped off. This is a psychological thing where you, you're you in a position where you you know that this horrible thing is going to happen and you have no control and there's no escape. I think that's what terrifies me the most. Mm. I'm just thinking here. I think I got a movie for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what is it? Well, I don't know because I do really, I really want to show you Midsummer which was made by the same guy who did Hereditary, mm-hmm. the movie he did after this, after Hereditary. And um, Hereditary is great. It's just a, you know, a great horror movie and it's very deep and layered and everything. Midsummer, yeah, it's also kind of horror, but there are moments in there that really moved me. Like one in particular that like I well, can't. Well, let's do that one next. Yeah, I do really want to watch that. But as you're talking about like this nightmare situation, no escape. Uh, have you ever heard of the movie It Follows? Uh, you have told me about that movie many times and described that movie to me, and we will never watch that movie. <laughs> that the, one or the 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 B movie, the Bangless something or other. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld's B movie. No, I think it's. I thought it was. Clever, because all the bees, they, they talk and they use honey no, for everything. No, you know what I'm talking about. Why am I a bee? I know. It's... The... <laughs> Wait, what, what were you talking you, about? You know, it's something that starts with a bee. And it... Beetlejuice. No. But, um, a Beautiful Mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's some kind of monster movie. The thing lives in the basement, follows you around. Oh, the Babadook. Yes, we're never watching that either. Yeah, well. That's another one of these, you know, horror movie that's about something. Because that's about grief. Also. Yeah, I know. You explained all that to me, but I still don't want to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You explained it to me in such detail that I felt like I watched it. <sighs> I think I do that sometimes. Shane but that's is... okay, because then I don't really have to watch it. Shane is convinced that I have uh, a, just, a, just a touch of autism. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't we all? <laughs> I mean, because like, cause I'll explain things to her like that. And then she'll just say, you're, you're info dumping. This is, what, this is what some people with autism do. I think you're just excited about. I am, but then I, get, I go too far where I just like, she'll ask me how my day was. And I'll say, well, I worked on a video about, uh, uh, about Dave Bautista. Uh, he was like a wrestler and, uh, you know, but he had this really rough childhood and like he like stole stuff and got into drugs but then he like got into this he got into weightlifting which really saved his life and then he but when he retired from wrestling he wanted to be an actor but he didn't want to just play like tough guy roles and then i would just go on talking about dave bautista but i think and i wouldn't talk about my day i would just get excited about talking about dave well bautista. it could be because you're passionate about this sort of thing and you have a lot to say about it i mean if somebody says to me so tell me about frederick Beekner. But you, you know. Well, yeah, but then that would make sense for you to talk about Frederick Beekner. But if somebody asked, "How was your day?" and you started talking about Frederick Beekner, well, I think if somebody said, "How was your day?" and I said, "Oh, I read a, I read a great devotional by Frederick Beekner today," I would probably. So yeah. apparently, we both have touches of autism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. 
But that's okay because our family's quirky. We accept that. Yeah, we, we've got some quirks. Um, so, so, on topic. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we have anything else to anything else to say about it i mean let me i have some notes here i took some notes oh well tell me what your notes are um i think we got all the notes <laughs> so then we're done what's our next movie let's talk about well what are we gonna watch i think the next movie well oh there is one thing i wanted to talk about because we were gonna do splendor in the grass but then you, you had some thoughts what are your thoughts because uh, Splendor in the Grass, we did top 10 movies. That is your number one that rated. Is, that is, if I had to choose one, whatever. T- I'm not sure that would be some a movie that would interest anybody but me. <laughs> well, I'd be interested in it because it's your favorite movie. But when we were talking about it, you said that, uh, you know, there's there's not much to say other than what, how old were you when you watched it? And it, like, repeat to me the circumstances that you said. Maybe you were seventeen. I was. I think I was seventeen years old, and I had a little black and white television in my bedroom. And when I couldn't sleep, I could watch only get like two or three channels. And I stumbled on it, and it was Natalie Wood and Warren Beatty, and I loved the story. <laughs> The love of high school sweethearts Deanie and Bud is weighed down by the oppressive expectations of their parents and society in small-town Kansas in 1928, threatening the future of their relationship. Not at one, one Oscar. It did. Uh, William Inge won for Best Screenplay. Natalie Wood nominated. So it just hit you at the right place, right time. It did. There's not much else to say about it. Whatever point in my life I was when I was almost 18, that movie spoke to me. See, I mean, that's interesting to me. I mean, maybe there's something there. Like, and if we watch it and there's nothing to talk about, then we don't talk about it. Because when um, when we were going to watch Hereditary, we were also at the same time dealing with the passing of your mother, my grandmother, which was. Maybe poor timing to watch Hereditary because it starts off with Tony Collette's mother's funeral. <laughs> but um, so we thought maybe we won't do Hereditary. Let's do like you had me pick another movie. And I was like, mm, I guess Lady Bird, because I really like that yeah. movie. And I kind of picked it up off the top of my head. I thought and then we watched it and then we didn't really have much to really talk about. No, we kind of went. Oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you thought it was, like, cute. It was and, cute. It and, was cute, but I didn't have any thoughts about it. But it could have been where I was. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I don't think it was just you, because when I rewatched it, I was like, why did I Why did I like this? <laughs> because because we, I did like it. I still do, but it didn't hit me the same time, the same way it did the first time. And we might watch Splendor in the Grass, and I might get so bored we can't finish it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, okay. Well, then, if you want to do, um, <laughs> yeah, we could do Midsummer. All right. That one I'm very excited to watch with you. All right, let's do um, that. It is a longer one. I think it's like maybe two and a half hours. I can stay awake for two and a half hours. Yeah, I know you can. You stay awake <laughs> until like two. Most nights you're like, I didn't sleep at all. Stayed up watching Bones. Oh, they they found another skeleton. 
A decomposed corpse was found this morning at Arlington National Cemetery. Arlington National Cemetery is full of decomposed corpses. It's a cemetery. What are they going to do? <laughs> Find out where it came from. Did they do it? Yep. On to the next case. I told you it was a stupid show. <laughs> I mean, 12 seasons of you find bones and you, ha- you, <laughs> you make a series out of that for 12 years? I know. When, see, when I run out of, I guess I do the same thing. When I run out of like good shows or good movies to watch, I'll start kind of digging at the bottom of the barrel, see if I could find something. And sometimes I'll just settle on something that's a little mindless. I'll start watching. Well, that's what this is. I, I can actually put this on in the background and read. <laughs> yeah, because they're going to figure out where the skeleton came from. Yeah. yeah. And they're not going to die. Because they, <laughs> you know, you got seven more seasons of David Boreanaz. Which is pretty much a... why I decided to watch it. So you taste in men. Let's get into that. David Boreanaz, you think is attractive. You think Adrian Paul. You've talked Stop. about him. <laughs> Stop. What? The Highlander. Stop. In the end, there can be only one. May it be Duncan McLeod, the Highlander. All right, we don't have to get into that. That's fine. Stop. <laughs> All right, okay, give me a serious look. All right, I'll stop. Um. All right. Yes. Midsummer, and if there are books with any of these movies that you like, I would like to read the books before we watch the movie. All right, that adds another layer to it. All right, let me think about it. Yeah, think about that because I I do. That's something I really like. Really, had I invested in HBO for like the last fifteen years, every book I read, there are several books I read that could have made a fortune for me that are now (laughs) on HBO. I know you you were reading Game of Thrones from the very beginning. Mm. That's not the only one. No, that little troll won't finish the books. He's just sitting back, (laughs) helping with that other spinoff. Have you watched any of it? The the uh, House of the Dragon. I did. HBO. I did watch it, and it was okay. Yeah, you know, it was it, it was it was filler TV. Oh, really? Was, uh... Yeah. I mean, maybe it'll get better. Yeah, maybe. But I, I just I just off. feel like he's letting HBO write the rest of his books for him. Yeah, at this point, I mean, what? I guess why not? I mean, he does want to. He he does say that they. The vision that he had diverts from what they had. Eh, that's eh. just to keep people interested. He yeah. gave him the broad strokes nope, of where he was going. He's done. He's done. All right. Well, it's getting late. It is. Let's stop this. Well, Mom, I love you. I love you, B. <laughs> 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 <laughs>